It's Victory Monday, November 27th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who's willing to look up something for you, but don't ask to borrow his dongle, (laughs) J.P. Shatrick. Get your own. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. And it is Victory Monday after a Jaguars win in Houston over the Texans, 24-21. Busy two hours ahead, as always, on Monday as we recap the Jags' win. The Jaguars getting it done, 24-21 over the Houston Texans. And now, yes, first place in the AFC South still, but a two-game lead. And then uh, now the number three seed in the AFC playoffs. So a lot to get to. We'll get to the Fanatics fan questions, of course, and we will keep it real, as we always do in the second hour of the program. On 1010XL, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli at the Hyundai Studios of the Miller Electric Center in Jacksonville, Pete Prisco down in South Florida. The Jaguars, Pete, have now won seven of eight, and good afternoon. What's up, JP? How are you guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, at one point yesterday before the late games kicked off, they were actually the number one team on the graphic for the number one seed. Did yes, you see that? I did. That was pretty, pretty – yeah. about three hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, we said it last week. Both told, We locked, We double-locked it. We hadn't done that in a while. We double-locked it. And if they won the game, they were winning the division. That's the way I felt about it. Whoever won that game was winning the division. And, and now – I still feel that way even more so. So Pete, it was I, a big win. Pete, I got to correct you in one thing. It hadn't been that long since we double walked because we double walked the Titans game the week before. <laughs> well, yeah, but was it really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but then, those ones, those easy ones, those layups. Come layups, on. Layups. Seven whole days. That's a long time. I, I will say, coming out of the Colts, I locked both the Titans and the Texans. Said it was done. I mean, it's not. It's not exactly like you went out on a limb. Oh, yeah, it's tough. It's you, a tough you, one. you wouldn't do it, Pete. You were scared of uh, locking the Texans. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I think you were. I ultimately did it, didn't I? Some of us just don't. You have to do the work and the evaluation before that. What if the quarterback had, didn't play in the game? Yeah, that would have been a problem. Have <laughs> 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 been a problem, Double Pete. Lock. Hey. I locked the Super Bowl. What the hell am I talking about? Uh, you know what, Pete? What, What's that? About seven weeks ago, that looked like the dumbest prediction ever. It's not looking so bad, dumb right now in the AFC, the way this thing's – I mean, if you look at the AFC, and, we'll, and obviously we'll talk about the game because that was a great game. and It really was. It was fun. It was a fun game to call. It was a fun game to watch. Um, I went back and watched the tape today again. I did too. too. A, lot of, a lot of stuff to unpack there. And we'll talk about it for, obviously, the whole two hours. Um, But if you sit and look at the AFC, how many teams, and Pete, I'm going to ask you first, have a legitimate shot right now to represent the AFC Mm. in the Super Bowl? Mm. One, Kansas City. Two, Miami. Three, Baltimore. For Jacksonville. I agree. I don't think there's anyone else. But, and I'm going to say this because I truly believe this, 
Nobody in the AFC wants Buffalo in. You'd much rather have Cleveland. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Colts, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Or, or the Texans or Denver or whoever in rather than Buffalo. Yeah, I would Because if Buffalo gets in, they're capable of getting hot and making a run. Yes, they are. They're just not very good defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they're going to injuries. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, anytime you have a franchise quarterback like Josh Allen, Pete, you can get hot and there's no telling how far you could go. So I would right. agree with that 100%. But, but the answer to your question is four. There's four teams. I agree, and we're one of them. And you're sitting – you know, listen, a lot of things can happen from now until the end of the season, and all you have to do is remember this team last year when we were sitting here in the Tex- – I think the Titans at this point had a five-game lead. <laughs> Unbelievable. And we came back and, and ended up winning by a game. <laughs> All-timer. But the daunting schedule has favored out some. That's, and that's my point, some. Pete. I mean, you look at – I mean, who would have thought we'd be seven-and-a-half-point favorites against the Bengals? Well – that's because there's no Joe Burrow, and they're beat up. And now you look at the Cleveland Browns. No quarterback, their best player on the team being hurt. Yeah, Garrett got Garrett. hurt yesterday. And their second best player was out early in uh, the back. Chubb. Uh, I mean, so I mean, and then you look at your last two games against a team that just fired their coach. You know, not even a full year into it, in the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. and Frank Reich. And then the Tennessee Titans, which we know what they are right now. And let's not forget Tampa Bay, who can't stop anybody and have a ton of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, and there's infighting going on there. I and mean, so, I mean, really, the schedule has softened to the to a the ton. As, and then, and then, okay, the Ravens don't have Mark Andrews, and that that might not seem like a major injury, but that is. But you saw that last night. It is a major injury, but that's a good football team, Pete. That's going to yeah. be. I mean, they can rush the passer. They're good on defense. They're physical. I mean that. And, You're run the ball, and again, not. I mean, I actually, I'm going to be like Pete because this is, I. Oh gosh, that's just what we need. No, but I used to yes. like. I used <laughs> to like just be so like against this looking ahead, and Pete was right. He used to say, "Stop being a player." Like, who cares? Um, and I still believe from a player coach, you got to take. I love Doug's, you know, mentality and this team's mentality. Win the week, one week at a time. That's how they should think. We don't have to think that way. I want them to win the next two games so bad to be 10-3 and three because the Ravens only have one game between that Sunday night. They have a bye this week, and then I'm not sure who they play. But there's a good chance that both teams could be 10-3 and three on Sunday night football in mid-December. Ravens have the bye this week. They host the Rams in so, week 14. Okay. So, like, would it surprise you if they won that game? No. That they're ten and three. No. Would it surprise you if we beat the next two teams, which will be heavy favorites in either? No. You know I don't how know much if you'll be a heavy favorite at Cleveland. You'll be a favorite. Uh, Pete, it depends. If Miles Garrett's out, no Chubb, yeah, no Watson. <laughs> I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, come on. He'd Pete. be a favorite, but not a heavy favorite. Okay, a favorite. Whatever. I'm not going to quibble. Um, you know how big. That would be Sunday night football, two 10-3 teams. Not just a divisions or playoffs on the line, like but number one, number one on the seed line. on the line. Yeah. You talk about this place rocking, and Jacksonville as an organization, as a franchise, getting the attention that they've been wanting as a fan base for so long and the respect, that would do it. 
and all eyes. And Pete, you're in the national media. You know this. How big would that game be on Sunday night? Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, ten and three Jags, ten and three Ravens. You know, everything on the line with uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. Let's not forget this. Chiefs still have three losses too. That what you just talked about. It could be for the one seed. That's my point. Yeah, it could be because so, the, the Packers are going to yeah. beat them this week. Yeah, I said it. Lock it. Oh, yeah, wow. It. wow! It Lambo Packers over Chiefs. I don't. You know, that's not out of the or out of the. It's it's possible. Let's just put it that way. I agree. I agree, JP. The way the Packers are playing, that's yeah, possible. They're getting confidence right now. Okay. Back-to-back games for the Chiefs, that's tough to do. I didn't know we were supposed to lock other games, but I, I like just it. did it. I, I don't like care. I, there are no rules. <laughs> I like it. You know, what it Anarchy. Is? you know what that is, Tony? That's JP was doing the Packers-Lions yes. game. He's caught up all in the emotion <laughs> oh, of it. Now. <laughs> I came in here today. You know what he says to me this morning? He's like, oh, man, the Packers are good. I'm like, slow down. <laughs> not what I said. Slow down. That is not what I said. Slow down. There, that is guy. not that you know, is so, say, such I'm a lie. Say, I, I did this on, on Thursday. We were in studio and we got done. I had I was driving home to try and get home in time to watch the game. And the game started and kicked off because we ran into it. And I was listening to JP. And JP, I'm going to tell you this 100%, and I mean it. You're very good at that. Oh, he's outstanding. Very, Thank you, Pete. You're JP's very good at doing that play-by-play. He is. I mean that. Thank you, man. And I, I'm not just trying to score brownie points with your dad or anything. I just, I genuinely <laughs> mean. <laughs> but I want to go back to Sunday, Pete. How exciting would that be? I mean, it would, it would be great. It would be great. It's great for the. It would be great for the city. It'd be great to start shedding some of those labels that are still around about the fan base yeah. and and all that stuff. It, it, it would be fantastic. And here's one for you, Tony. Is it at out of the po- realm of possibility? That this team runs the table. No. Ooh. I, uh, Pete? Hey, let's go through it. Let's go through it. I'll do it because I know the exact cell. I looked well, at this today. Let me lead us through it. So Cincinnati Monday night. Cincinnati Monday night. Yes? I mean, win. yes. Win. Win. Right, well, let me just say it right now. I'm locking it right now. That game's locked. Monday night football. Locked. Double I'm lock. locking it, too. It's a double lock. You know what? I'm locking it, too. The it's triple, a triple. run. We've a never, rare, we've the rarest of birds. We've never had the triple lock. Take a photo. <laughs> Take a- it doesn't come wow. out that often. Triple lock. Oh, no. That makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're scared. JP jumped on the triple. Yes. On the yeah, that I'm makes me nervous. Screw it up. Makes Great. me nervous. All right. So, at the Browns. Yep. You yeah, lock win. Lock that one. I'm not ready to lock. You never that know one. the weather. Locking it, weather. There's, but they're gonna. They're gonna be. I think the Pete doesn't think heavy favorites. I think they're gonna be, at least three. I was gonna say five and a half. No. And I, and I, now, just everyone listening, I've never gambled on sports. So You're not allowed to. <laughs> well, I'm not allowed to. But I, even before, when I was, be heavy. I, 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 I don't know team. how the line set. I just think they're a much better team. That's all you got to say. Yeah, sorry. Uh, home, I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, too late. Sunday night football, the Ravens in week 15. That's That right there is a coin flip for me. I think I think coming in, I think the Ravens. they both win their, their games, what do you think they are? I, they'll, probably be, they'll be, yeah, they should win that game. Well, if, if we're both 10 and 3, I still think the, the national, the perception, I think the Ravens will be, it'll probably be a pick em game, which means they'll be a slight favorite. If you think How about you know it? all these like terminologies and stuff. Well, if you listen to the anything on ESPN or NFL <laughs> Network or yeah, anything it's else, everywhere. that's all they talk pick about. Em, pick them, pick them, and and they can win that game. So okay, let's just say they win that game. Big right. game, national TV. They play their, they play really well. Yep. Right, and then they're at Tampa Bay on Christmas Eve. Another big favorite. 
Should win that game. Yep. Home against the Panthers, New Year's Eve. Might be a double-digit favorite. Mm. Should win that game. At the Titans. You're you're not going to rest if you're if you're if you're at that point thirteen and three and the number one seeds on the line you're going to win that game. So okay, so my prediction before the season was, was if they don't four. win thirteen, if they don't win thirteen, I said it's a failure. Did I not? And you, That's you what I said. and you had them at fourteen and three. Did you not? Or thirteen and four? I can't remember. Thirteen and four. Thirteen and four. Or wait, maybe it was fourteen and three. I can't it remember. Might have been fourteen and three. But I said if they don't win at least 13, it's a failure. Well, if they run the table, what are they winning? 14. 14. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, and should be, and, and should, had they not gone for it at midfield against the Chiefs, they'd be hit, going for 15 and not definite home field advantage. Oh, here we go with the decisions. <laughs> I'll say this, though. And, and this is why I feel really good about this team, and we'll, we'll, we'll pivot here. To the game yesterday. Yeah. And I'll say one comment, JP, and I'll hand it up to you. And we'll have to go to break, yes. That game should not have been as close as it was. Oh. The Jaguars are a better team, and we'll talk about why I believe that and why that game should have been a double-digit victory. That's all. Straight ahead, we'll get into the Jaguars' win over the Houston Texans 24-21. Jags fans want customized Jags furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. Zip chair furniture for fans. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. For us to be able to continue to control our own destiny, and it's up to us and how we play. We just keep winning. Um, we don't have anything to worry about. We're, we're, we're going to find ourselves in a good spot. So I think in, in that sense, it's a huge game. and. Um, send a message. You know, I don't really know about that, but I just think that to take more control of this division and to take that next step and solidify ourselves, I think it's a huge game, and we did a great job of finding a way to win. That's Trevor Lawrence, of course, Jaguars quarterback, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli in Jacksonville, Pete Prisco down in South Florida. We're on 1010XLAM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, the Fanatics fan questions in the second hour. And we will keep it real, as always. Trevor Lawrence had his second-best passing yardage day in his career. 364, had a touchdown pass, had an interception, but he also had a rushing score on a sneak where he jumped over and reached the ball over the plane for a touchdown. So uh, Trevor settling in now when the time is right to settle in and play really solid, sound, all-around football. So uh, question for you and Pete. Yes, Tony. Do we want to go over the good or what needs improvement first? Yeah, can we start with the good? I Let's mean, the team the, won again. Uh, that's what I'm asking. They won seven of eight. They're in first place. I just told them they're the going The sky is falling. I, no, I'm, no sky is falling. I just said they're going 14 and three. That's great. What are you talking well, about? What do we need falling? all the negative? Like, can we, like, get, because this start, is, show them some flowers? Yes, I'll show flowers. But if you want to be a 14 and three team and you want to go where Pete said, go to the Super Bowl and go further than Pete said and win it. Like, you don't want flowers. Just because you win, JP, doesn't mean everything is the greatest thing yeah. in the well, world. Well, I'm aware, but you, no, but you can, list. like, give but them you, credit for doing something. I just right. gave them credit, and you we don't just want. just talked about that going 14 and 3. What are you talking about? They don't want flowers. <laughs> Competitors want to know what it's going to take to get well, better. Well, then why don't you ask me the question? Because I'm going to do both. I, I think we should start with the good, too. Let me Thank tell you. you. That's all. I, what are we fighting about? Let me tell you what I think is good, Pete, and then you can jump in. <laughs> um, one, I love. 
that we are getting more vertical in the passing game. I love that we're stretching they, they the field. They got, they got my, got my memo. They got my memo. They got my memo. You don't need to do that, Pete. Your audio is not that good. Um, <laughs> the uh, I loved it. They're more vertical. Um, I don't know if that's the addition of Zay. I don't know if it's the fact that the offensive line is protecting better. I don't know what it is. I think it's all that. I think it probably is. And I love that. I like that the offense, back-to-back weeks, did a good job of giving Trevor space and time to operate. That was a good job by that group. Um, I love how – I really – they went down 14-3 after just an awful missed call by the officials. Just – I mean, my goodness. I mean, how do you miss that, Pete? I mean, he's getting tackled that led to the interception. Houston goes down in a game that Jacksonville had been dominating statistically and really controlling it. Time of possession, first down. I mean, any metric you want to look at. You're talking about the hook on Evan Ingram, right? the hook, yes. Just, uh, I mean, just a terrible missed call. Leads the interception. Houston goes up 14-13, and that place is rocking. I mean, the teams, good teams – or teams that are average, or teams who are learning to win, or teams that you know maybe lack a little confidence, they lose that game. It gets away from them right there. I loved how they came and responded, got the ball, marched it down the field, scored a touchdown, got two, and made it 21-14. Like, the ability to establish their presence and dominance and like, no, we're the better team, bad, bad play, tough call, not whatever you want to say, didn't go, but we didn't let that snowball on us. Like we didn't let the momentum shift. And then the final thing I'll say that I just loved: when they had to get a sack late, when they had to pressure C.J. Stroud. And I thought, you know, people were critical, like they didn't get enough pressure at times, and C.J. Stroud had too much time. Yes, no doubt about it, and they could have kept him in the pocket better. But I thought their back half game plan was really good a lot of zone keep everything in front of you don't let everything get over the top i thought they did i like drop a lot of guys yeah i like the game plan there they just said listen he's like we're not going to get killed um but when they had to get pressure josh allen brought pressure and others did too but like led by josh allen i mean like that was critical And, and and tony the thing about josh allen is Josh Allen had two. That sack right there, he was unblocked. Right. Uh, the other, the other, the, uh, what was the other sack? There was another sack that was a, a gimme too. It was on the, uh, but, the. He had a sack and a half on the final drive. Well, but uh, what but gimme? He had many, many other rushes that were better than the sacks, where what? he influenced the quarterback. And he got held. I think he. I think he had eight pressures. No, twelve. I think he was twelve. Huh? Twelve pressures. 12? Eight. Twelve pressures. Uh, eight against Laramie Tunsil. I mean, he and that's a good tackle he was beating up. Yeah. You know what that goes back to? Has he become a game wrecker? Yep. Well, right now, he wrecked the game a sack and a half when it mattered. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, he's, they, he's become he, a game wrecker, and you know what else he's become? A very rich man. Yeah. And think about that last sack that he split with Trayvon Walker. It was a nine-yard loss. They got seven yards back on the next play. Win and complete on the next play. That's the difference in that field goal going in or not. Absolutely. They go to overtime. That's right. Without those sacks. Yep. I think there were a couple rushes. Some of his rushes where he didn't get a sack were better than the ones where he did. I'll tell you that's what. How good he, that's how good he played the, uh, on, on Sunday. That Larrabee Tunsil got away from got away with some holding, too. He did. But, uh, but you know what? 
Trayvon Walker was better on yes, Sunday. Yes, yes. Uh, like he, like Roy Robinson Harris had some good pressure at times. I thought Trayvon um, did a good job. So, like those are the positives. Like that. I mean, that was a. I mean, I, it's just a complete like tough game on the road. You know, it's going to be tough in the division, and that's Houston's a good, well coached football team with a good quarterback and a good set of skill players. An offensive line who's healthy. I mean, they like they did it. Like I, I was thoroughly impressed of how they handled adversity, how they fought through it. They did not play their best. We'll get into where there's some question marks and they need to improve. But overall, like you want flowers? That's what good teams do. Good teams go on the road in the division late November, early December, and win tight games. That's what they do. And that's Angela what the Blackson did some good things on yeah, the defensive front too. I agree. <laughs> Could I? What's up with Devon Hamilton? I mean, he wasn't playing well, but he's a healthy scratch. I think, Pete, I don't know. Maybe JP knows more than I do. My sense is that they tried to bring him back. I think they tried to bring him back too quick, and I don't think he had all his strength and stamina back after missing that much time. I, I didn't think he was the same power guy. He, he looked like he maybe with the back injury he couldn't lift weights Tony, something. or something like that. And so I think yeah. they I think they made a decision, and the, because he's not, there's no injury, they don't have to disclose it. Yeah. My guess is, Pete, and this is just me guessing, you know, I think they said, listen, let's get this guy healthy and strong and back to the player that he was in camp and give him time to get that strength and physical uh, physicality back and have him for the, the stretch run. The for, the Super Bowl, for the Super Bowl run, right, Tony? That's right. That's right, Pete. I mean, Vegas, he's a big, Vegas he's healthy, here we come. That would be a big, giant yes. part of what they do on that defensive side. Yes, spot. he's a good player. We saw it. We saw it last year. We saw it in, pre, in camp. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I want to, you know, look, we've we've criticized Trayvon Walker a lot, okay? We have. For, for not, not saying he's not a good football player, just for his pass rush ability. I want to give him credit because he's getting better at it. He's, pl- he's a powerful man. He mm-hmm. knocks people back. Yep. And you watch that tape, and he exploded into dudes, Tony. I mean, he was knocking them back. And the flip side has always been Hutchinson. And if you watch the Lions on Thursday, mm-hmm. he was a no-show. Mm-mm. No-show. Well, there's been a couple <laughs> games like that for the Lions. Maybe the other comparison we should make after the, the year that uh, Thibodeau's having. Because <laughs> well, that's one. You know, that's the one I like in the first place. But, yeah. But, he's, it's he's, going okay. But, uh, he's pretty good. But, I mean, but Hutchinson, yeah. Hutchinson's the guy, you know, that you compare him to. And, and give Walker credit because he's getting better. He's more. He's still never. He's even his hands have gotten better. I think, and his moves have gotten a little bit better. He's just not twitchy. Well, I mean, that's be, not what he is. And be, he might never be a great pass rusher, like a dominant. That doesn't mean he can't be a really dang good player. And because he is, he does a lot of things. And I agree, Pete. He is improving. There's no doubt about it. And you got to give him credit. And uh, and he he's impactful. I mean, he. I liked when they put him on the same side with uh, yeah. Josh Allen. And they put him down and put Allen outside of him. He, I, I he like pre- that. He, that he, he, yeah, he presses the pocket. He pushes the yeah. pocket. Yeah, he, he squeezes it, and that's important anytime you're rushing the passer. So there's the flowers, JP. Thank you. We'll come back and we'll bash them. Not going to bash them. Just things that they, ba- they get better. Bash. You got you to bring in the negative. You, you got to bring the. You got to be real. People want to hear the real. We we keep it real all the time on this show, JP. Well, we that's in the second hour. I mean, I mean, it's in the second hour. I mean, Pete, this guy does one Thanksgiving game and he thinks oh, he's like. Oh, stop <laughs> it! <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
himself, Get isn't the it? Hell out of here! I mean, both does of... Michigan, Ohio State? I mean, God, Pete, maybe next time you shouldn't be so nice because it gets his head a little big. My, I, I believe. I don't know if it get much bigger though. That's I mean, a good point. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Listen, I'm sitting next to the this guy has the biggest head of yeah, all time, next Pete. To eight, seven, eight, right there, the helmet size. <laughs> Plenty more ahead. We will uh, offer some constructive criticism of the Jaguars when we come back. Sign up your furry friend for the Jaguars' official four-legged fan club for pets, presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, and sweepstakes throughout the season. Visit Jaguars.com/promotions/slash four-legged fan club and sign up today it's jaguars happy hour presented by jet home loans i'm excited to grow because obviously when i look back i don't think i had the best game ever i don't think all my wrestlers were perfect you know so there's definitely room for improvement but i played against an all pro tackle and for me man i want to compete against the blows like that and i want to beat them uh, so for me I, I know i have to get better and uh, but I got the ones that counted, and now I can just move on. That's Josh Allen. He did get the ones that counted. That's for sure. The second half on the key drive late. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans from the Hyundai Studios. And it's a primetime showdown you don't want to miss. Be there for the highly anticipated Monday Night Football matchup. The Jaguars take on the Bengals at the bank a week from tonight. Help show your support during the My Cause My Cleats game and wear black to help us black out the Bengals. Go to jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. What a game that should be a week from tonight, so no happy hour next week because Monday that's, Night Football. That's, that's bad, man. I can't believe that they're cutting us out next week. <laughs> I mean, we should do pregame. Well, we, Pete, you and I should do could, pregame. Well, you know, we can't do uh, – we couldn't do this show because we have to criticize. <laughs> we could break down we could give the game plan you know it's funny like we've never had to step away because we haven't had a monday night football game since 2011 no. long time in, in in the whole time we've ever done this show we've never, never. had to, to not do it that's amazing how about, Think that? about that that's embarrassing it's what it is it's what it is but it doesn't matter what, anymore though nope they're gonna play it on it's monday a good night. football team Hey, the uh, Jaguars defense there, you talk about some of the uh, the sacks. Uh, Roy Roberts Terrace got one. Trayvon Walker getting some pressure. Um, did he know, get credit for a half on that one? Yeah. Walker did, yes. Yeah. The last yeah. one. Yep. So what's he up to now? Five? Four and a half. Four and a half. Hmm. Am I right, JP? Yeah. 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 Uh, but you talked about the drives after the interception in the second half, right? Jaguars get a touchdown the next possession, a field goal possession after that. Well, the Jags' defense stood up big in those next two drives, too, and got them off the field both times, a punt and a turnover on downs. And if they're not doing their part there, then they can't break it back open again. No, I thought – listen, I thought defense played good football. I mean, they're – I like what Mike Caldwell's doing. He has a good plan. He understands his personnel. You, you did it without one of your best players and – Tyson Campbell out again. I thought Monteric Brown had some moments, but I, overall was you know. some some bad moments. Yeah, yeah, and, but, and he, uh, but, he, well, but he held up for overall. Yeah, he held up. Um, I mean, think about it. The one chunk play they got. What, what was that? The long pass. Darius Williams got to make that play. 
Well, they ended up getting called back anyways because it was a legal procedure on them. Oh, that's right. Legal that's motion. Right. But he's got to make it. Yeah, that he's there. He was there to make it. Yeah. When that ball was hanging, I'm like, that's a pick. But by and the then, way, did you, then, see, did, uh, you else, hit, did you see how far C.J. Stroud, that thing traveled like, like a, it was 65 it in the air? Almost, but if it would, if they would have let it hit the ground, because he high pointed it at 65. Yeah. That's going like 68, 69. Oh. And he he makes it look easy, doesn't he? Oh, my he? gosh. That thing just kept on going and going and going. You know what I like about him real quick is the way he resets himself and keeps his head up and finds somebody. You know, you know the, what I mean? He moves. Sometimes he moves a little too soon. That's a young quarterback when there's not pressure there, but he somehow always seems to set himself again and find his feet and then throw it. You know who he reminds me of, Pete? How he is such a pass-first quarterback, and even when he breaks contain and is scrambling, he is not looking to run. Because there was times he could have run. Right. he, He reminds me of Patrick Mahomes. Like, Patrick Mahomes, when he is breaking contain, is never looking. His first instinct is never to run. It is to just take a killer shot down the field yeah. and do something. And that's He can also throw it 70 yards and he in can. the air. Right? And I'm not saying C.J. Stroud's at the level of Mahomes by any means at this point in his young career. But it's similar trait of how his eyes always – it's uh, it's a high praise, at least from in my book, for a quarterback to be able to do that. And nothing wrong with running. I mean – run yeah like there's a like even the, the shot he hit to nico collins he kind of was moved a little bit and th- hit him he hit uh, dell a couple times yeah. uh, you know with that those kind of throws he's good at it and and yeah. and you know i told you a couple weeks ago i said he remind I, i'm not comparing him to marino but the way he makes it effortlessly looking in throwing the football reminds me of marino in terms of the ball gets out quick and it gets onto the guy quickly and he and he makes the right decisions. I, I, again, there are plays, and you saw him, Tony. He leaves pockets at times when sure, he shouldn't leave because sure. that's what a young quarterback does. But he's going to be special now. I'll I mean, he, for years and years, this organization is going to have to deal with that guy because he's going to be special. Well, two things I'll say about that. One, you want to talk about the ball getting on top of some people quickly. Trevor made, threw some laser shots. He did. <laughs> he has a howitzer for a right arm, too. I'm like, holy cow. One of my favorite plays of the whole season from him happened on 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 Sunday. Which one? The Ridley throw, the deep one. Oh, with the, with the, the reason the, I say that is because he held the safety in the middle of the field with his head. And then was that the drop? Came, the drop in the first half? No, I'm talking about the one he hit, the shot, the cro- the the deep cross. Both were great, by over. the way. Both the deep great over throws. where he's kind of even it's almost like he's looking still to the middle when he makes that throw it's all it's almost no look it's not quite no look but you remember you, you've yeah, watched the about, end zone yeah. shot of it that might have been my favorite and that's confident in his offensive line and the ability to stand there and make that throw right, he made some that's throws i mean man he's got an arm too and my second point is the afc south is going to be fun for a long time. And that's going to be – everyone talks about, you know, the Titans are our big rival. I bet you in three years it's the, that everyone will – it will be the Texans because it's going to be Stroud and Lawrence. And those two are and, – and because this is the other thing that that organization, the Texans, have now. They have a good head coach, a good leader. And so if you look at the two – if you look at the Jaguars and the Texans, both have franchise quarterbacks, both guys who are leaders of organizations – can do everything you want them to do on and off the field. And you have two head coaches. Our guy has way more experience and has a Super Bowl ring, 
but two head coaches who are leader of men and understand and are respected and former players, former players do it the right way. I, I just think, and I said it after the game on the air, this is going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be, and they have tons of assets. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be back. Youth, it's going to be great. Youth. Yeah, it's it's a a, it's a lot of good. It's a lot of fun. And so, here's the other thing: if okay, if the quarterbacks in the division all end up being, and I still think Levis is going to be good. I'm I might be in a minority on that, but that team around them is awful, and Richardson has a chance. That division could be really really good for a long time. Beat up each other. Yeah, it'll be, but it'll be fun. It'll be good good football. So. But there's things they need to improve on, JP. Yeah. There's um, things they need to well, improve on. Where should we begin? Well, I'm going to start. I don't care where Pete wants to start. <laughs> I'm going to start. That game should not have been as close. Nope. As it was. They they have to improve on short yardage. And they have to stop doing things that shoots them in the foot. Why are they struggling on the short yardage? Center doesn't get much push is one reason. I think the center plays high. I, at the end of the day, because I, as an offensive lineman, like short yardage I always felt like was on us and the tight end, obviously. And you have to have a scheme and everything. But, for, but at the end of the day, I was like, the five guys up front, our job is to move people. And, I'll, I mean, Mike Mazur, the late Mike Mazur, who's my offensive line coach, and the goal line, he used to say it all the time to the point where it just – drove me crazy, score with your man. And his whole point was like, listen, if we score with the defensive line and push them into the laps of those linebackers, we're going to score every time because the back will just follow us. And so there's a physicality to the game of football that you have to have, and it shows up a lot of times in those short yardage. Okay, go to the situations. short yardage from yesterday. Which ones are you talking about? Because um, they haven't run the ball well specifically their yards per carry isn't very good this year. Well, I want to get to that in a second. There's not one that steps out, but it sure doesn't feel like based on the play call, they have confidence. How about that? Just to line up on the goal line, the pitch, just just line up and beat people up. Yeah. They don't just run right smack dab in the middle. Does not having a fullback bother you? No, because you can put tight end out there. Yeah. So, but that's a long – and I said short yardage because it wasn't like it was the worst short yardage game for us by any means. No. But it, I was going taking that to lead me to the biggest concern or the biggest issue that they need to solve for an offense is this is five straight games where Travis Etienne has less than four yards of carry. And this team is not running the ball effectively right now. Until Travis had that 20-yard scamper in the fourth quarter – he was averaging under two yards a carry. And it wasn't like press wasn't calling it. And, and, At one and point, he had 16. Had, I think it was 16. The, it was 15 carries, Pete, for like 1.7 yeah. yards. Yeah. And then he bounced. And the one he had actually had, what, like eight yards on, he he yeah. made the play by bouncing it. It That's wasn't right. like there was a hole there. That's right. And so, and I think it's it starts with the offensive line. Tight ends next. But I don't think, and I have, again, no inside information. No one's told me anything. I don't think Travis is 100%. I think he's beat up. He had the chest injury yesterday. He did not look the same of, to me as finishing runs yesterday. Because he has a physicality and the stats back it up of his broken tackles and yards after contact and everything else. And he didn't seem like he had the same pop. 
Like the goal line play was right before halftime was strange looking. Like it was he didn't he kind of turned. Yeah, he did like didn't want it. Halfway had there, he I'm hurt like, his chest before that? I believe so, yeah. Pete. I believe he had. Well, there, there you go. Well, there's why he turned. And that's a guy he should run that guy I, over. I'm just telling you right there, when it was one-on-one, that play was blocked. I watched the film, Pete, and I'm sure you did too. That's a that's a play. That you're one-on-one with that corner. you got to go win. Yeah, or safety, he's got to win that one. you got to win. Mean, look, on that play, uh, Harrison kind of let his guy go a little bit. A little he bit. He came down the line a little I bit. I agree he with didn't that. didn't finish. But Travis just, like, this doesn't look like the same Travis we saw in the first no. half of the season. No. Um, and maybe that's why they're giving, they've started pulling back some of the carries from him to keep him, get him fresh for the, for the stretch run. But for this team to do what they want to do and to go run the table, like Pete and I talked about and you talked about on that first segment, they got to get the run game going. Offensive line has to be more physical in the run game. They were great protecting the passer. I mean, they did a great job. Really good it was job. a, it was a, the per- pass protection was really, really good on yeah, Sunday. Really good. Um, and they did that, you know, obviously big injury to Cam. I don't think there's been any report of well, no, they put three him to on, six weeks. Yeah. They put him on the uh, list today. So they just did that. Did they announce earlier. what it is? Uh, no. Cam Robinson on a reserve injured list and they've signed Chandler Brewer from the practice squad to the active roster. That no, was, but they say there's, there's, there's uh, a report. I think NFL network, Ian Rappaport or somebody reported it's three to six weeks. So to me, watching it, that sounds like an MCL to me. And looking at it, the way he got hit, yeah, that's my guess. That's an MCL. Um, well, kudos then for getting Ezra Cleveland. Yeah, I, was, I texted that last night to somebody. I said, I'm sure glad we traded for Ezra. Um, but we need, like, we we have to get the run game going. We got, we have to be more physical up front. We have to finish blocks. The backs. I thought missed a couple holes. They need to hit the holes, um, and we need Travis. Tony, the run he- game, and, and we need Travis game, healthy. I want, I want to ask you this: the, the the run game has a lot of movement in it. Yep. As an offensive line, it, does that deter? You know what I mean? It's not you. You guys used to go put line them up and go move them back, knock them off the ball. This this is different. It's a different style. Well, it's a different scheme, Pete. In, in fairness, I mean, yeah. it's a different game. Let's not forget that. I mean, everything. Yeah. A lot of stuff's out of two point. A lot of horizontal stuff. Um, but like a, a guy blocks down, a guy pulls around, the guy a, steps down, well, a guy pulls around, the tight end comes down and whams. It's it's a they, lot they, of that. They run wham uh, almost every game. Um, I think they have. They feel like they have athletic offensive linemen, so they they pull, they get outside. They're you know. Gap schemes. I mean, they pull quite a bit. Traps. But still, I don't think we finish blocks enough. Like, no. there's, like there's, and to me, that's a mentality that you just. It's also a rookie right tackle who hasn't figured it out yet. You got to hold but, it long. But Pete, he played the best of the group. I he thought, was good. I, I thought, thought he, he was, was good. good. I thought he was good. But his run blocking wasn't great. He doesn't. He, he's you're you're one hundred percent accurate. He doesn't finish them all the way. And I think the two the two guys that finish the least are the two youngest guys. They don't they don't. There's a big you know this. There's a big difference in finishing in the in college and finishing in the NFL. Yeah. And I think they're kind of feeling their way through that. Well, I'll say and this, Pete. Here's the, the other thing too. They go back to what you said a couple of weeks ago. Hit them. Go where they're going to be, not where they are. You well, said that a couple of weeks ago, and that shows up on tape over and over and over again. And it just feels at times it's too much 
maybe a little more position blocking. And uh, the biggest thing that, and it jumped out a couple times, when you get up to linebackers, you gotta have to you have to have bad intentions. Like you like you're bigger, you're stronger, and if you get your hands on that guy, like you have to dog him. Like you have to try to physically like manhandle him. And just like one time, and I'm just picking, and I'm not trying to pick on Fortner. I mean, he he does some really good things. He's athletic. He gets moving. He can get out there. But he needs to get up to there's a, like one place there. He gets up to the linebacker level, and they're not huge linebackers at Houston, and he's kind of position blocking the guy. Like just yeah. get on that guy and overwhelm him. Push him on his back and, and let yeah. the, and let the back cut off of you. Right. Don't predetermine where the back's going to go. So I, all fixable stuff. Right. And they're very well it, coached. It's all scheme and technique and little things and, and, and holding your blocks. I, I agree with you. It's all fixable. Like, I'll give you an example, Tony. The one run where they popped it a little bit, Cleveland did a great job of getting to the second level and getting on the linebacker that one play. Yeah. Remember? I, yes, I do. It was like a double. He had a double with uh, with Little, I think, and he came off of it, and he got to the linebacker. He didn't blast him or anything, but he got him and allowed him to Just sneak Just get through. your hands on these guys and be physical with them. You're bigger than they are. Like, but and, the, center, the center has to be much more physical than he I is, agree. and he goes back to what you say all the time about playing high. He plays too high, and he's a big center, he's, he, but he plays high. Yep. But the rookie right tackle, by the way, JP, yes. and Tony's right, you know, that's that's a high draft pick he was working against in pass protection. He killed him. He dominated. Dominated. And Will Anderson Jr. came in with 38 pressures, which is the most for any rookie, and like third or fourth most since some date, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Um, you know, we, we, make, up, stats. we make up yeah. more stats from like – the fifth game of 2017. Well, it he was has partly the- cloudy <laughs> yeah. and in a retractable roof stadium on a Sunday at one. But the bottom line, he had 38 pressures coming in, and if you watch the tape, I mean, he did, I mean, he was all over the place against the Cardinals. Him and Green uh, Grenard, uh, the right end. Yeah. And I thought going in, both those guys could be a little bit of an issue. I wasn't worried about the interior because they're not very good pass rushers. And Harrison dominated Will Anderson. I mean, stoned him, was physical in the past game. I'm like, Anderson that's how... Some plays in the ru- really good plays in the run Yeah, game. he did. I'm like, that's how you block right there. That's how you pass protect. I thought yeah. I thought Anton Harrison, maybe his best game in matching up against another rookie high pick who's having a good year. And yep. he won the day. If it would have been a if it would have been a heavyweight fight, it would have been a unanimous decision who won that battle. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, look no further than Ford F-150, loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Plenty more ahead. The second hour coming up in a little bit. We'll get Fanatics fan questions and more. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans. He did a great job. Protection was awesome. I don't, I don't think I got sacked, right? There's no sacks today. So those guys are playing their tails off. Obviously, we had Ezra jump in there and had to play the rest of the game, and he did a great job. You know, he's, he's going to help us, and um, it's cool to see him be able to get up to speed that fast. I and mean, he just got here. So they did a, they did a heck of a job. Um, 
obviously stepping in for Cam. You know, hopefully, hopefully he's all all is well with with Cam. You know, definitely praying for him and hope it's nothing major. But um, you know, that guy brings a lot of energy and worked hard to get back from injuries in the past, so you, you kind of hate it for him. So hope hopefully it's nothing major. But um, you know, it's it's cool to see those guys step up and be able to shuffle around and still play well. And protection was awesome. Uh, ran the ball great when we needed to. It was great. That's quarterback, of course, Trevor Lawrence after the game yesterday in Houston. A Jaguars win 24-21. Jaguars now 8-3. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on 1010XL, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli in Jacksonville in the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. Pete Prisco is in South Florida. Where he always is. Always. Hey, I want to – quick uh, – Trevor, what – was when Trevor was talking about Cam made me think of something. And Pete, um, is it if you go on IR and JP, maybe you know this, isn't it you're on there at least four weeks? Yes. Yeah. So they don't think it's if they thought it was a three week or less, they that's right. Uh, they would not have put him on there. So I think it's I mean, just the fact that they put him on IR. So it's a minimum of four weeks. One, two, three, it sounds four. like he could be back for the Carolina game. So it sounds like they think he's. It's probably more of the six-week variety than the three-week variety. Probably. Yeah, just based on them making the move to IR. So you want him for the you want him for the postseason? Absolutely, I want him back. Yeah, you'd be eligible to come back the Carolina game and the Tennessee game, but then the playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I, you, I thought it was working back in on practice right. and yeah. Right. That's right. You might get that. You might get that bye week too. It might be resting guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How, how good would that be? You know, at some point, Pete, and maybe we do it now, JP, or maybe it's your keeping it real. We've got two minutes. Well, it depends on what you're going to say. How bad is the officiating? I, I don't know if we need to go down this path, Tony. It was. I don't know if we need to go down this path. And by the way, on both sides, I mean, for both, both teams. Sides, both teams. On both I'm, sides. Like, there were, Tank Dell's catch was a catch. I thought it was uh, a ta- I argued that on the air, and I got overruled. Uh, there were a lot of bad calls in the game. I, but you know what? Some of those pass interference penalties were pass interference penalties. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I watched them again today. They were. I only thought the one, the last one, really they called holding. I'm still trying to yeah. find the guy where he touched him. <laughs> Yeah, that one I didn't get. The one in the back of the end zone was a hold. They grabbed. Oh them. gosh, yes. I mean, those yeah, those were holds on. And and listen, that call they missed on Evan. That, I mean, that was a, that's the only reason that was a pick. That's a completion. Well, because that would have been a big play if you a go big back. Play, and yes, he tape. was. He was. There was no one in front had, of him. And no, nor had you seen that play from Jacksonville. By no. the way, you know what that was? He stalk blocked the guy. That's right. And then ran route, and there was nobody in the middle of the field. He would have gone for about thirty-five yards, bare minimum, on that play. And how they missed that? He, I mean, he just grabs him, hooks him. JP, on the other side, you know what we're going to do? You keep talking about negative and negative and negative. Well, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to give you something that really I thought was a terrible, terrible terrible decision and my guess is i'm going to disagree with you i wonder what in the world this could possibly be (laughs) well there's a couple of them but i give you that one it's a mystery we'll find out in a moment the second hour of jaguars happy hour coming up your fan questions submitted on x as well we'll keep it real and it's jaguars happy hour on the jaguars digital network I trust our players, and I think the players trust in me to make make these decisions and put them in put them in you know successful situations. Now, listen, we had the ball to start the third quarter. Had we not, I'm taking three points there. So, 
let's not let's not mistake ourselves in saying oh he he went out on a limb and and you know he's he's uh, uh, you know being overly aggressive or whatever I mean there was a there was a logical reason for making that decision and the decision was we were getting the football I wanted to go up 20, 20 to seven with a chance to go up even more at the beginning of the third quarter so. That's the head coach, Doug Peterson, today on a media Zoom call. And welcome back. It's the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, and Pete Prisco. After a Jaguars win over the Texans, 24-21, Trevor Lawrence with his second-best passing yardage game in his career. Calvin Ridley, great in the third quarter. All his catches and yards and the touchdown and the two-point play, all in the third. The Jags' defense had big-time sacks, when it mattered, certainly on the final key drive. And the Jags are now two games clear of the Colts and Texans for first place in the South. And the Jags are currently the number three seed in the AFC playoff race. Up next, a three-game stretch against the AFC North starting in Week 13 with Monday Night Football against the Bengals. The Jags' first Monday night appearance since 2011. You heard Doug Peterson there about the play call and the decision more than the play call, right before halftime at the one-yard line, one second to go, one play, and they didn't get it. So that's that was asked today of the head coach. Go ahead, Pete. A, I'll wait. It was a terrible decision. I okay? disagree. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. It was a terrible, terrible decision. You were given a gift of getting those points. You had, you know, basically, they were given to you on a blown play in the secondary. When you get to that situation, go up nine. Go to the locker room with momentum. Okay, you don't get it. The momentum is flipped. They went, didn't they go three and out on the first series of the of the second half? Because the momentum had flipped. They had a drop pass by ETN. It made no sense whatsoever. Go up nine. And, and you have all the momentum going into the locker room. When with the way they played it, the momentum flipped. It went right back to the Texans. And and so for that reason, I thought it was a terrible decision. And you can, you know, the call, the flip, whatever, that's not what I had a problem with. I have a problem with the decision not to kick the field goal and go up by nine. If you're, if it was, uh, okay, if it was 10-7, I could understand it maybe. But you go up two scores in a game, in a division game on the road, you have to do that. Yeah, just for the record, um, Twofold. I disagree with you, but I'll set that aside. They did not go three and out in the third quarter, Pete. Um, you talk about all the momentum. They had a big third down conversion uh, out to well, Calvin. That's right. He hit the shot to the side To line. Calvin Ridley, a, and that was the, the series that ended with the missed um, hold on Ingram that led to the interception. The interception. They were actually driving mm-hmm. in Houston territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – but, but still, they gave the momentum back to him. Your momentum argument, eh, throw that out. Um, but I will go back to – I was – I'm not going to change what I said during the game. I liked it. You have a chance on the road to go up 20-7 to and just have a pretty much the end to the half the way that you kind of controlled that first half and go into the locker room. I didn't love the pitch. Um especially if Travis is in 100%. Mm-hmm. You're on the half-yard line. You have a 6'6 quarterback with length who just quarterback sneaked over the top. He did it last year, same similar situation, further back against the Chargers. He did it earlier in the game. I know he did. That's what I said, earlier in the game and yeah. also last year. 
But I, I would have all stacked in there. It doesn't matter. They're all stacked in the last time. He's got to be careful with the way he puts that over, though, sometimes. Yeah, but it, it's, it's the last play of the half, so if you fumble, it doesn't matter. Right. No, no I'm saying that one, but he did it earlier. I agree. Earlier. No, I agree, yeah. but I would have just – that's what I would have done. That's your highest percentage. The highest percentage play right there. Like, you pitch it outside. Yeah, I, I probably would – if I was going for it, I probably would have snuck it, too. So, I, 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 I had no problem with it. I would not have gone for it, though. I would have. I would have. I go up nine. Okay, so that that I didn't agree with. Then the one late in the game when they got away with it because they had the they would I mean they, they, going for that was to me made no sense. You go up ten. I agree with you there because I'm going to say consistent what I said during the broadcast. I would have kicked the field goal there. I would have kicked the field goal because go, it's fourth quarter and you go up ten go up in the 10. fourth. You go up two possessions right. in the fourth. Pete, I'm 100% with you there. I would have kicked the field so, goal. I disagree with so it. They had, the, they had the, the penalty, right? And then they yeah, had they actually to, con- uh, they converted it. But they converted had, it, but they had I, the punt. I think they – no, they didn't. They kicked the field goal. That's right, the field goal. That's right. I think they only I think they only had 10 people on the play. Can we pull that play up? Which, yeah. Which uh, one? The fourth down conversion, they went for it, and they ended up getting a penalty because of an illegal formation because they, they had no one covering, covering up the left tackle. Yeah. I'm pretty. I I counted. I only saw ten guys on the field on the film today. I don't know if we can pull no, that. Was that, a, was that flag drop late, Tony? Yes, it was after the the Texans bench was in that official's ear. Yeah, because it it because when they converted, you couldn't tell from the TV that there was even a penalty until there was late. Yeah, so I couldn't. They either only had ten, or the receiver was really wide and just wasn't on the line of scrimmage. But what I could see in the frame was only ten. I'll look and see now, but but again, I would have kicked there automatically. What what's what's your end game there? I don't get it. You're you still got to go down the field to try and get more points. Pete, you got to get your points there. The way that kid's been kicking. Pete, you and I agreed. Here's the other question, the uh, other call that I do not fault. Um, I was on the fence during the broadcast, and I don't fault, and I, I don't disagree with Doug um, kicking the field goal. The last field goal that McManus missed was a 55-yarder, one yard longer than the one he met, uh, that he uh, made. Up to you were up ten at that point, mm-hmm. Pete. Would you have? And it was like six minutes left in the game. Would you have punted them and pinned them deep? I would have. Th- I thought about it when I was I, watching the game. I would have pinned them in. I, I I said it on the air that I would consider it. But boy, it's hard. And the to guys, the guys with watching the games with me all said I was soft for saying that. <laughs> but I, I think I, I think you make the rookie go the length of the field and eat up clock because you have a two possession lead at that point. But I, at the same time, I found myself and I said I was I don't know what I'd have done if it would have been if I was the head coach and I had to make a call because how do you bet against Brandon McManus yeah. and, and how good he's been this year? Yeah. He's automatic from fifty five usually, and he had plenty of leg. He just pushed it a little bit so. That was an interesting call to me, strategy-wise. I don't fault Doug for going for it because I, I – mean, heck. But I agree with him going for it uh, at the end of the half. I would have kicked the field goal, which I ended up doing anyways because of the penalty to take a two-possession lead in the fourth quarter. Tony, you can't tell from the any view of the 22 if there is an t- 11th guy there on that Yeah, you play. can't – that's why I said I couldn't tell, but it, there's no you one – You can't even – from any angle, could you tell? Because Ridley, Ridley is on the field in the slot, but then you can't tell if anybody else is outside of him. Yeah, or, I can't. Or outside of him. 
Yeah, I couldn't tell. <laughs> I don't think there is, though. I I'll don't, be honest with I you. I didn't either. Well, they got called. That's for sure. Um, anything else on your list, Pete, out of this one? Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of the third down throw down the sideline. Wasn't that third down? Yeah. Third and yeah, six, I, I think it was. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that one either. I, I think I would have tried to get the first down there and keep going. Yeah, there did was. You the, I mean, did you like that call? I didn't. I didn't. I mean, that's a that's a. Uh, it's a low percentage pass in terms of completion, and the kid made a great catch on. He just couldn't get his feet down. No, it, it, yeah, I mean, I watching the play. At, you know, it didn't work. To you, it's like, ah, I wish we had just taken a short crosser. Um, but I don't, Pete. If you go back and look at that, I don't think anyone else was open. No, now he no, was, and, and I think, and he was going, going. I think he was going there, single high, man to man. He was going to take the yeah, shot. Yeah, that's where he was going. Which I'm okay with that. I didn't love that call either, but, 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 but look, I'm being nitpicky. I just didn't like the end of the half call. I, I just, I just think you got to You're on the road in a division game. You got to get your points. Yeah. I, I disagree with you, Pete, but I, I, I see, I hear what you're saying. You're not alone. A lot of people said the same thing, but I was with Doug on that call. I was during the game. I was said I would have gone for it. I would have called a sneak and not the pitch. Um, but I was fine with the strategy of going for it. We've got plenty ahead. We'll come back in a moment and keep it real. We haven't done that yet. No, we've been faking it the we've whole been, time. This has been a fake show. Fake news. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jaguars, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, and it's presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, Pete Frisco. After a Jaguars win, they've won seven of eight. Jags are in first place, eight and three. Two games clear of the Colts and the Texans. And now it's three straight against the AFC North. Well, it's time for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Pretty much a softball today. Toss, a little soft toss. Is the C.J. Stroud-Trevor Lawrence rivalry the next great quarterback rivalry in the league? And why? All right, let's get Tony's mic on. Be great. Or not. Leave it off. That actually might be better. Uh, okay, there we go. Um, testing, <laughs> testing. One, two, three. We're doing just uh, fine without him. I would say yes. But I think it's one of many. Because I think Mahomes, Allen, I think Burrow, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Burrow. I, I think like Burrow can stay on the field. Yeah, I think I think Trevor and CJ are going to be in those upper echelon of quarterbacks. So it's going to be a rivalry anytime those top quarterbacks face each other. But I think Trevor and CJ could be significant because they're going to be in the same division. Like Mahomes and Burrow are in the same division. Allen and they're all so just playoffs basically playoffs and usually yeah. you're winning the division so you're gonna end up playing each other once a year yeah. but this is a matchup you're gonna have twice a year home and away yeah so, but here here's why it won't be 
because Mar of the two markets. Market size, yeah. Yeah, that's why it won't be. I mean, Pete, but now, let me, Pete, let me ask you this. Now, having though. said that, Indianapolis, when Peyton Manning was that good, if you're that yeah. good. That's where I was going to go. What if, yeah. the, what if, what if the, let, what if the Jaguars are the next 10 years in four AFC championships and two Super Bowls and win two or win one or two? And the right. Texans are in, you know, three or four AFC championships and, well, now, well, and go to a Super Bowl. Well, now you're talking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the only way it's it has potential, it could be. It could be. I think there's there's qualifiers there because of the market size. Um, now listen. But like, and I'll, I'll say this, Tony. We we thought maybe Mahomes Herbert would be that. You have a big market. You have but, a star quarterback. It hadn't got to that. Well, because the Chargers are no good. Yeah, they stink. Right. Um, right. You got to be relevant. You got to be relevant. You know what's interesting? Hmm. What's that, Tony? Here's an interesting tale that I'm sure the NFL higher-ups would like to change if they could. The best quarterbacks in the NF in the AFC, let's just say the AFC, are all in small or mid-sized markets. Correct. Josh Allen, Buffalo, small market. Now, historical team. And what they did in the late 80s, early 90s with, you know, Jim Kelly and that crew and a bunch 30, of Hall of Famers. 30 years ago. I mean, that's, but th that, that's why they're, you know, they have Fine. some cachet, but small market. Small market. Kansas City, small market. Mm -hmm. Histo history, though. Legacy. H history, legacy, yes. but still small market. Cincinnati, yep. mid-sized. Small market. Mid yeah, to small. Um, you, Trevor Texans. Lawrence. Small market. Small market. Houston. Houston's a big market, but gets no respect. Right. <laughs> what about the Ravens? Ravens, uh, that's a big market. So, Lamar, that's yeah. a good call. And then Herbert, but the Chargers are so bad. I actually, I actually view the Chargers as a small market team because no one follows them in L.A. I mean, they're in a big no, market. The NFL doesn't view it, the NFL doesn't view it that way. They don't, Pete, but eyeballs? Interest? Right. Does it, like, but, but you're right. Your your point is well made, though. The the small market, the small markets have the quarterbacks. Yeah. And that's and okay, in for much of our lifetime, the Chiefs weren't truly relevant. I mean, not my lifetime, but but I mean your lifetime. Um, and Patrick Mahomes has put him on the map. That's right. Like and about, now they're now they're everywhere. Like my point is, if the NFL higher ups could script this. They would right. have one of those guys in the Jets, one at the Steelers. They got one in Baltimore with Lamar, no doubt about that. What about you forgot Tua? <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to argue Tua right now, Pete, because he's playing at a high level. Right, and that's a big market. It is a big market, but it doesn't have a big fan base. We're talking about we're talking about market size. No, I know that, but I'm yeah. saying, like, I think that like if you look at what the NFL, they want eyeballs. Yeah. What are the teams? Miami, that Miami has a lot of fans. That, I don't know how passionate the ones down here are because there's a lot of tr transplants and stuff. But yeah, you, that's true. There's they've a, been around for a long time and won games yes. in, for a long time. Fair so, enough, Pete. Miami's another the, one. They but, got two. But here's the one that I always say that the Jacksonville can become Seattle. 
Russell Wilson, Seattle, the relevant, the craziness. They're on TV all the time. The, the, the personalities. Yeah. And the small, you know, it's, it's a bigger city, obviously, but not a lot of attention given the Seahawks over the years until they got to that point. That's what Jacksonville can become if they're good with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I agree with that, Pete. That's a good, that's a good comparison. And the way that people are moving to Florida and Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville might be a bigger market than some of these places here soon, <laughs> soon <laughs> enough. You know, yeah. <laughs> It's not far-fetched. No, it's not. Um, but it's just interesting. You look at – like, if you were to talk about top quarterbacks, it's amazing how many of them have ended up in this kind of mid-small markets. Hmm. You know you know what's even more amazing about that, Tony, is the, the top star, young star quarterbacks are in the AFC. But if you looked at it right now, the best teams are probably in the NFC. Well, but the NFC one, the NFC, the NFC has more big markets than the AFC. No, but I, but I'm saying the best teams right now are are the 49ers, and the, the Eagles, Eagles, and 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 uh, those two have, you know, look, Jalen Hurts is playing great football. Well, I mean, he, he he he's a star, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, yeah. If you look at the NFC big markets, is Purdy a star? I mean, he's getting there. <laughs> like I think it's hard for me to say. I think Purdy's a really good quarterback. I don't know if I'm ready to say he's a top franchise quarterback but the, num- the number is he put now they're winning because of and i'm i'm biased because i think the way that kyle shanahan and john lynch have built a team and like their philosophy of how they play um and i think kyle's probably one of the more you know he, he's a he, he has a very he's a great coach he's a very and he has a very quarterback friendly system pete would you say that that right. way yeah right Right. But by the way, we're just glossing over one of the teams that uh, when we talk about the NFC and a quarterback is playing at a high level, the Cowboys. Dak Prescott's playing phenomenal. Oh, he's, you know, I, yeah, that's why I said AFC specifically, because if you go to the NFC, the big markets do have really good quarterbacks. San Francisco has yep. Purdy, Dak Prescott in um, Dallas, um, Hurts in Philly. Hurts in Philly. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, they got big time players in uh, at those positions in the big markets. But like, I mean, look at the New York teams. Oof. Right now? Well, yeah. Rodgers would be there. So but he's he'd not. have a big quarterback. But he's not. No, I know. But right now, Tommy DeVito? Tommy you don't DeVito. like Tommy DeVito? <laughs> he, beat the, he beat Mac Jones yesterday, and then Mac Jones got benched. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's a, that could be a whole segment, a whole show, talking about what is New England going to do moving forward. By the way, 50 NFL starting quarterbacks – through through twelve weeks, 50. wow, five zero, that's amazing. That's a big number. That's keeping it real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real ingredients, award winning wine by Robert Mondavi. A reminder that all elite wrestling returns home to Jacksonville with an explosive AEW Dynamite and Rampage. See the action at Daly's Place Wednesday, January tenth. Tickets on sale now. Daly'sPlace.com. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. You know, we knew coming down here that this is uh, um, this crowd was going to be energized, you know, for the way they've been playing, and, and rightfully so, and um, the way their quarterback's been playing, and, and again, rightfully so. And, and uh, we knew that coming here, and, and I felt like our guys really handled, for the most part, handled the noise really well. The communication was good. Um, and it's a tough place to play when this when this fan base is, is jazzed up like they were today. 
um, it's hard. It's hard to hear. It's it's loud on the field, but but uh, great uh, great road win uh, for us to come here and, and and do what we did today. I said, Coach Doug Peterson after the game yesterday, a 24-21 win over the Houston Texans in NRG Stadium, and JP Shadrick with Tony Vaselli. Pete Briscoe's down in South Florida. The second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. No wings tonight, but wraps. They had uh, two different kinds. I think it was a ham and cheese wrap, and then it was like a chicken wrap. So two different types, Tony, for your uh, eating pleasure whenever you're hungry. Looking forward to checking it out after uh, the show. Yeah, we'll we'll get you in there. Time for the Fanatics fan questions. Jags fans, gear up at Fanatics.com. With all latest Jag styles, shop now and get today's special offer Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. We put out the cat signal on X. Here's the best we've come up with today. At Paulino underscore Choi, are we the best team in the AFC? After watching the Ravens last night, how would we fare against them? Well, we'll find out in a couple weeks for sure, head to head. But what do you think? Um, It's hard for me to say we're the best team because a team with similar record than ours beat us at home in the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. That was a long time ago, so a lot's changed since then. I, I would argue that we're as good as uh, as any other team that's 8-3 and three right now, or 9-3. and three. It's like, like, I th- like We talked about it at the beginning of the show, and Pete and I agreed. I think there are four teams right now that have separated themselves from the rest of the AFC. I think it's the Chiefs, I think it's the Ravens, I think it's the Dolphins, and I think it's the Jaguars. And that's not always the case. The team with the best records is kind of – are clearly the best teams. But I, I think it's very clear this year that those four teams are a little bit better than everyone else. Now, where would you rank those? I mean, gun to head, neutral site field. You'd put the Chiefs one. I think – I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Right. I mean, yeah, and you'd so – You'd put the Chiefs one. And then I, Right they, now, you'd probably put the Ravens. I don't know. Without, without Mark Andrews – I think it's a toss-up. It's a coin flip between the Jaguars and the Ravens at two, and I'd probably put. Well, they could end. They could end the argument in, in a couple weeks. That's like my point. Said, yeah, it's yeah. a coin flip, and then. But I'd, right now, I'd put them. Ahead, I'd put the Ravens ahead of them. And then I put the Dolphins in fourth. Correct. And especially with the injury to Phillips, their defensive end that that hurts. That's them. a big hit. Man. Big hit. You the can see that happening on that turf. By the way, that thing rolled up his back leg. You could see it when he pushed mm-hmm. off right away. Yeah, terrible. They got a new field up there too, didn't they this year? I don't know. Well, that's the same field that. Uh, yeah, but they got a new surface. Rogers this year. did it on. That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, where Smoot right. did his last year too, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think they got a new one after yeah. last season. I don't last... understand. Like he just pushed off. How's that the turf? Like is the like are they saying it has too much give? I, I, I'd love to understand the science of what they're actually saying that the turf is causing these Achilles injuries. Or does it not give? I don't know. That I, I, I I'm not being. Facetious. I'm not, I don't have an opinion one way or another, but I hear a lot of players in the PA complaining about certain turf fields, and MetLife is at the top of the list of everyone's complaints. Well, uh, here, here's the other thing. If they were all grass, then they'd look like Pittsburgh Stadium does every year at the end of the year, and everybody complain about that. Yeah, right. I got, my point is, Pete, I'm not – Calling balls and strikes here. I'm not saying who's right or who's wrong. Right. I'd like to. No, under, I know. I I'd know like you're to, not. But I want to. You I, know. Yeah, I want to understand the science. Like, tell me why that turf at MetLife caused Jalen Phillips to tear his Achilles when he just it literally happened as he pushed off. 
He wasn't way, moving. He wasn't no. coming to an immediate stop and or trying to Rod- twist or that's turn. How Rogers, that's how Rogers happened. He was pushing off, kind of planting and pushing. Yeah, but he, but he had people hanging on him, so he had yeah. extra force. Like, there was right. no contact, no nothing. He just planted to go, and his body said, not so fast. Isn't that kind of what's? Isn't that kind of what the Smoot's injury was yes. last year when he planted the? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I just. I'll tell you what, though, as bad as he, they complain about these fields, compared to the old ones that you got, those artificial turf oh concrete blocks that they used to have. Concrete, like just your whole body. It's like carpet on concrete. Your whole body hurt after that game, from the turf yeah. burns to the joints pounding on cement for three hours. I mean, it was the the, but, the seams. Oh. <laughs> I'll never forget a Monday night up in uh, Meadowlands playing the Jets. And I think it happened once in Pittsburgh, too. Like, literally, the field ripped up <laughs> where the seam was. And like, I had to take it. It's time out. Like, like, field workers come back together. Stomping it down. Like, putting duct tape under there. I'm like, yeah, we're in the NFL. We're playing on this. <laughs> this will work. Um, but I'd love to know the science around that. Yeah. I would think that. There, there might be something to it, but there also might be part of the people making noise about it that don't have the science to back it up. That's my question. But I, you don't know. I don't Who know. Uh, next question. At Extreme Champ 913 do you like Little and Cleveland going forward? This O-line looked great with that combo. Uh, we don't have a choice, so yes, I love it. That's what we're going with. Walker was... You can tell Walker Little hadn't played left tackle. It was he was not at the level he was before, and he had some at least one MA I saw for sure in the run game. Um, and he wasn't great. That was a guy get the edge on him once too. He wasn't. That wasn't Walker Little as best. So, based on just that, now him jumping from left guard, I promise you, he probably got no reps all week. Focused on playing left guard, which is a new position for him. Um, him kicking out that game, Cam, it's a, it's a, it's a step down than when Cam was in there. However, if Walker Little gets back, which he will, by the way, I'm fully confident to the way he was playing left tackle the first four weeks of the season with Ezra, I'm super confident in those two guys playing next to each other. No, but the question is, is basically, should they stay there if they play well? I still think if Cam comes back, you, I mean. It's hard well, to say. But, the, but, also, the, but also, the X in the equation is, or the Y in the equation is, what if Ezra Cleveland outplays Walker Little at guard and plays better? Then what do you do? Well, then you probably keep him there and bring Cam back at left tackle. Maybe here's another yeah. here's another little wrinkle in it, Pete. Mm. What if the next four weeks when Cam's out, they just start steamrolling people in the run game and, and just they, this offense gets going? What we had expected from the beginning. Do you? Keep Cam on the bench so you don't upset the apple cart because you are rolling. Yeah, but you thought that would be the case. We thought maybe that would be the case, but it wasn't. That it, they were. It was clear. No. It wasn't when you you know when it all said after week done. four. You're after week four, it was yeah. obvious. Um, what I what I want to make sure everyone appreciates listening. There were Jag fans. Cam does bring an intangible that nobody else brings, in my opinion. He brings a nastiness. nastiness, a toughness, an energy. Like he brings a little something to that group. And so don't discount that. Um I agree. And so I, I my gut tells me 
when Cam comes back, if he's healthy and that knee's he's ready to go, he's back at left tackle. And Pete brings up a great point. Then it's a question, who's your best left guard? Is it Ezra or Walker Little? Correct. Next question at MZ Zanani. Okay, well Some, said. Something well like said. that. You well say said. that then. Do nope. you read that? Nope. I would rather not. Pete and Tony, am I wrong in thinking Trayvon Walker is actually playing really well? Is being the number one overall pick and playing beside Josh Allen making him look worse than he actually is? Um, that makes no sense to me, the second part of that no. question. Because usually if you're playing against opposite a really good pass rusher, it makes it helps you better. I think the idea of the question is, is Josh Allen's big numbers making his numbers not seem as big? No, I mean, after 11 games, four and a half sacks. yeah, four and a half sacks, that's pedestrian. Right. I mean, I mean, if you, I mean, I'm not saying Trayvon Walker's a pedestrian player because he, he brings a physical presence in the run game. He disrupts stuff. I mean, he does a lot of super valuable things. That's why he's a starting left end. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake, he's not the starting left end on this team because he's the first overall pick. He's the best. No, he's a good player. He's a good he's player. He's a good player. He's a tough, physical, tough run player. Yes. Set the edge. He's just not a great pass rusher. Is, and when we talk about guys on the other side, Daniil Hunter has DJ Wanham on the other side. DJ Wanham has seven and a half sacks. That's right. And so, so he's that, like, there's no glossing over or looking past that his pass rush statistics are pedestrian right i mean it is what it is now but he's getting better at it he is and he has six games go reel off six sacks next six games finish with ten and a half ten and a half then and end the conversation and then no big news though pete big news um trending in the right direction for mr baselli on his prediction of 23 to 25 sacks you got Josh Allen with 12. <laughs> you have Trayvon Walker five, with four and a half. Jimmy's. That's 16 yeah. and a half. I need 23. So I need six and a half between those two guys in, in the weeks. last six games. To and hit the funny my number. thing is, is we said if they got the 23 to 25 sacks, they'd be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because hmm. how, how many sacks does Josh Allen do you think ends up with? 16. I, I, I think it's 16 to 17. It's a lot of money coming his way. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Woo! Dinner's on you, Josh. Again, no, I'm going to go back to the sack numbers. He has he got sacks, but he had better rushes when he didn't get the sacks. I mean, he's got five sacks where he didn't do anything this year. Eh, but he's also missed out on a couple that he should have had. And, Correct. I mean, but, but Pete, Correct. And, and you know this as well. Every guy who puts up big sack numbers gets freebies. Yeah. Oh, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But the and to your point, yesterday, Pete, the first one was a blitz. Great call by Caldwell. He comes unblocked, so he gets a sack there. I thought he had two other really good rushes and the other one and a half uh, working inside because um, it's really hard to beat Tunsil on the outside because he's so athletic. He has good, you know, good strong hands. Um, but he had twelve pressures. Right. That's like, they, I mean. like there 12 were other pressures ones where he almost he had his hands on Stroud yes. a couple times. 12 too. pressures. Yeah. At 904 Jay-Z, our next question, did Pete have enough time to decide whether Cam crying met his criteria for tough or not? Ooh, good one, Pete. I want to hear how you answer that. What did you think about you know, Cam Cam crying on the uh, sideline? I have I, I probably would not have cried in that situation. Uh, but if you're hurt to the point where you think you're done for the year, I'm not going to have a problem with it. And I bet initially he probably thought he was done for the year. You know how I feel about it. 
kid, the guy cares. It's important to him. He's fought through injuries in the you past. You can care without crying. Well, I, I didn't say you couldn't, Pete. Here we go again. Can I finish my statement? I let you say your <laughs> idiotic statement how you're so tough. I wouldn't cry. I would grit no, my I teeth and I would cry. eat dirt and I would say that. Because I'm <laughs> Pete Prisco. I'm tough. I thought I was <clears throat> done for the year. You crybabies. There's no crying in football. You're soft. That's what Pete sounds like. The old man that's sitting on the porch. Yes, that's exactly what you said. Um, I mean, Cam's fought back from injury last year, dealt with the suspension. He's coming back playing good football. He's a proud man. He wants to prove that, you know, that he's a high-paid player. He loves the game. He wants to be out there. And when you get hurt like that, it's devastating. Even if it's missing six weeks. We talked about this last year. I mean, last week. Like I said, I have no problem with that. I'm not done, Pete. Quiet. <laughs> Is when you are hurt, you feel like an out because you're not participating, you're not contributing to make a difference on the field. So, like him crying, to me, the message is that he was emotional. He he cares. It's important to him. Now, to Pete's point, I've also seen a lot of guys who it's important to and they care. They don't cry. My point is, who cares? He was emotional. It has no, I zero. I I well, Pete, you do. You make fun of people who cry. It's embarrassing. No, frankly, I, no, I, I don't think it's. The, I think it's. I don't the think it's professional. Pick at a USC, loses a football game and goes and curls up next to his mommy and has tears strumming down his go. face. That's, Here we go. that's a little over the top. Here we go, taking shots at a 21-year-old college kid. Speaking of He's crying, quarterback millions playing the playing the game. By the way, I must say, Pete, I kind of went back in your corner when the next week he decided to skip the media obligations no, after the loss. To UCLA, like, what are you doing, Caleb Williams? I don't Go think talk. That, I don't think that was the exact but, next but week. That's a, a couple the weeks later. The greatest thing ever now is somebody like Tony saying, "Oh, he's a, you're kicking, taking shots at a kid. He's making millions playing a game. He's what making millions on his about? name, image, and likeness, anymore. Pete. Not for playing. It's name, image, they're and likeness. Any, they're not kids anymore. They're making millions playing a football game. They're pros. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> at BMFB54. Matt Ryan said a few times Trevor was late on some passes that were defended, some that could have been worth points. Are those a result of him being scared to throw interceptions? The receivers were open on the initial break, but got covered by the time the ball got there. It had nothing there was, to do with him. one on the goal line. Yes, he was late one there. One on the goal line. Yep. It was a play-action pass. He tried to – I thought he – I thought the mistake was he tried to sell the fake too long. Yeah, what, what was he, I couldn't figure out what he was doing. Yeah, he, he, he tried to hold that guy yes. in the middle too long or something. I don't know what he was doing. And he wasn't ready to throw it because Luke Farrell was wide open. Yeah, and then he let the guy get over there yeah, and make a play on the that's ball because right. he waited. Well, by the way. That, that's the only one he was really late on. Now, he threw inside one time and let the defender make a play. He was a little behind the guy. I mean, but I behind, thought. The, that was, he was throwing a Farrell too, wasn't he, on that one? Yes. I thought the only yeah. time he was late was that. I'm with uh, Pete 100%. That one where um, on the play action, they had it sold. Great play call. I mean, everything's set up perfectly. Farrell's by himself in the flat of the end zone, and he just held it too long. And now, yeah, that that throw was bad. Then he missed he missed Ingram in the back of the end zone for what should have been a touchdown. Yeah, Pete, but you know, I watched that again on the TV copy, and if you watch the All-22, um, I can't think of the uh, guy's name. I'll look at it right here. 48 for the uh, Christian Harris, the uh, inside linebacker. He yeah. was underneath and he was jumping. I think he 
and now he got too much air under it, but he was trying to make sure he got it over that linebacker level. Yeah. Harris was falling back in, and he just – so he, it had to be a high throw where uh, Evan Wood had gone up to catch it, but he just put a little too much air. So it wasn't it wasn't a straightforward miss where there's no one there. He could have just fire shot it right into the chest. He, he had to put a little touch and get it over the top. And I just, still miss, It's a miss. Though. It's a miss, though. But I'm saying I understood, you know – there's a reason there was something that forced him to try to get go. go. He just went but, too high, but not late, not late. No, he was not late. His decision making was much quicker, much faster yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, and even though when he was late on uh, to Luke Farrell, the defender didn't hit the ball. He swiped no, and Luke missed. It hit, it hit him yeah. in the chest. He dropped it. Yeah. One more question at St. Aug Jags fan is thirteen and four still realistic? We've already done this. 14 and 3 is realistic. How about that one? 14 and 3 is possible. 13 and 4 is probably realistic. Okay, fair enough. I like that, Pete. Good qualification yeah. there. You know, speaking of the Luke Farrell thing, um, <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Fanatics fan question. Going back to yes. the Luke Farrell, they had three big drops. I, they did. Yes, they did. The Calvin Ridley oh, drop. Boy. And, and I love it. I love how he came back and, he, you know, had a great second half. But that's a touchdown. That makes it 14 nothing. Who knows where this game goes yep. if that happens. And then another big one, and I I don't remember. It was in the second quarter. I want to look at what the score was. Um, it was a – let's see here. It was, the, it was an out route to Evan Ingram, and he easily picks up the first yeah. down. Easy. That was, in the, that, and maybe, that was in the first quarter, I think, wasn't it? It was in the first quarter. First quarter on the left left hand first drive maybe even no it, was it wasn't on the, the first left, drive second he was on the left hand side uh, watching on TV he was to his left to Trevor's left yeah it was Trevor's left was that the first I'm looking at the Texans got the ball Jacksonville got the ball uh, oh yeah uh, no I think it was the second quarter Pete. No, because they were they were going the opposite direction in the second quarter when they had the stupid decision to go for it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is really great, Tony. Yeah, we're digging I'm sorry. deep here. Anyways, Tony, Tony, I think it was but a I drop. Know what you're talking about. He yeah. dropped it. He bobbled it, and he yeah. dropped it. That's right. And then was Kirk's a drop on the sideline? Yes, it was. He made a, to get his hands on it, but it was a, kind of a drop. It was a drop, but you know what happened there, Pete? If I don't know if it showed up on TV, but you could see it live in the stadium. There was one sliver of sunlight. I mean, one sliver. And that ball, Kirk, as he turned back, he's looking right into the sunlight yeah. and the glare. And, yeah. I th- and if you watch it, he gets his hands up there, but he almost misses the ball. Right. Like he, like he, it's almost like he lost it at the last second. And Did anybody judge ask it. him that after the game? Because I bet he would say that he didn't see it. So yeah, there's some key. Those are some key drops right there. Yeah, you're right. It's the, it's the first. It was the first drive that we led to a field goal. Pete, you're exactly right. Uh, it was a drop uh, on that first drive by Evan Ingram that would have probably put him on the edge of the red zone or in the red zone on that opening drive that they had to sell for three. So th- I mean, those are other things. And I promise, if you ask, if you talk to Ridley. Ingram, Farrell, and Kirk, they're like, we should catch those balls. And those are right. big plays. One other, one other quick leads, thing about the offense. The 
Tim, they ran, what, three quick screens to the side, I think. And Tim Jones, is whenever he's on the field, he they're running some kind of screen over in that direction. He, I think he played five plays the whole game, if I'm not mistaken, and three times they ran a quick screen over to his side. Because he's a good blocker, yeah, but it's kind of obvious, isn't it now? He's a very good blocker. What's your favorite play, Pete? The screen. Oh, I, I live for those those quick throws. By, by the way, the screen to the back – Against the blitz oh, was a great – Darrenis Johnson, that was hey, you a great – that one, That was you? a great play. Yeah, you like that How one. How many yeah, catches great. does Evan have on the year now? Uh, it's over 50, and he doesn't have a touchdown. <laughs> it's, a, it's remarkable. It's like the only one in league history. It's remarkable. He's having such a good – he's so valuable, and he's so good underneath, and he's – He's got 64 catches now. I'm sorry. 524 through the air, no touchdowns. And I think that's his – Is that his first drop on the year? Like he is oh, I so, don't know that. He's so sure-handed. No, I think he's dropped a, he's dropped one or two before. But but JP, by the way, yeah. uh, that screen is a different type of screen. I don't <laughs> I mind know. those kind of screens. I, I you know, come on. Yeah, but I mean Evan, we gotta get Evan we gotta get Evan a touchdown, man. He, 60, J- 64 JP catches. JP always defending the, 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 the company ranks over there. Come on, JP. Jeez, come on, That's his Pete job. And his, his screens. Pete and his screens. Pete, he loves them. Last question before we're gonna break. What was your favorite part? About yesterday, yesterday's game. Favorite part? Watching Trevor throw the football down the field. I, I knew it. I was going to say, if there's, I, was, I was watching the game. I'm like, Pete Briscoe is so happy right now that they're going vertical. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. You don't go this way. You go that way. <laughs> you go that way. <laughs> We're back in a moment. Hey, grab your hats and get ready for a good time. Everbank Stadium welcomes country music legend George Strait with Chris Stapleton and Little Big Town, May 11th, 2024. Tickets on sale now. For more information, visit everbankstadium.com. You have a pair of boots, Tony? I do. As do I. I do. I don't like wearing them, though. I like wearing them. Well, I, I'm like 6'10 with my boots on. <laughs> that seems a little uh, too much. Tall. It's a lot of Tony. Yes. Uh, back in a moment, we'll go around the NFL. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. We're back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. J.P. Shadrick with Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco down in South Florida. For 10 years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jags. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory. And go Jags. Yeah, go Jags. Go Jags. Jags are 8-3. First place, two games clear in the division. Number three seed in the AFC playoff chase. And six games to go. It's Good place to be. It's a good place to be. What's really interesting... Yes. With all the hype and all the news uh, coverage uh, that Houston's gotten and C.J. Stroud, which, by the way, they deserve. They're a good football team. Secretly, like quietly, the Indianapolis Colts are 6-5 and five as are. well. They're in second place because they beat them. And playing good football. Mm-hmm. Like, they are, get, play, they give, are playing good football, but Gardner Minshew can't take that team. To well, well, I don't think they will, Pete. But give Shane Steichen a ton of credit coming in. It, it was a – it was not a good situation he inherited. And they cleaned house. In fact, before the game this week against Tampa, they you know, they cut one of the fan favorites, Shaquille uh um Sha- Sha- uh, Shaq Leonard. Leonard. Yeah, the linebacker. He had a bad back, didn't he? 
Yes. He, they, yeah. they weren't playing him. Gus benched him. I mean, it's a – it's it's interesting. Everyone coming in is like, oh, the AFC South stinks. It's the worst division, blah, 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 blah. You got the Jags at 8-3, and three, and you got the Texans and the Colts at both 6-5. and five, And The Colts would be in right now if the playoffs started. That's right. They would be the seventh seed. And I'll give you another, mean, another interesting one, Pete, because I was on the bandwagon of jumping on this one and killing them. Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos – it's amazing. <laughs> Six and five now. They were so bad early. I mean, embarrassingly bad. 70 burger. I mean, just awful. And they've, they've won... given up 80 points in five games, and they gave up 70 in one. I mean, That's amazing. They've had 16 takeaways in the last four games. They're I playing think. good defense. I mean, Russell Wilson's still never, he's not a great quarterback anymore, in my opinion. But he's playing good quarterback, and Sean Payton's get is designing stuff that highlights. He's got he, twenty and four. He's got the best TD to interception ratio in the league. But you would agree, Pete. He's not. You think he's elite anymore? No, no. But he's having a good year. They've won five in a row. Five now, in a row, and they've got Houston at LA Chargers at Lions. Three road games in a row. Home against the to, Patriots. They need it. Then it gets really easy, right? Yeah, home against the Patriots. Home against the Chargers at the Raiders. That's I, mean, not, I mean, those division games aren't easy no matter what. Yeah, those aren't easy. They got they they'll probably they're gonna have a tough time getting to ten. I think they get, I, but I think they end up nine and eight after starting what zero and four, one and five, yeah. one, one and five. five. So one, yeah. If they go if they get to nine, that might get them in. You, you never know. Got us in last year. Because mm. you got to figure the the Steelers. Are going to get in, or the Browns? One of them will get in. Probably the Steelers. I don't think the Browns. You think? The, I mean, they're so Steelers beat up. Are get in? Steelers. Yeah, well, I mean, the Texans' schedule is really favorable, by the way. Yeah, but this this weekend got much tougher playing the Broncos. Three weeks ago, they looked like a much easier game. The Bills. But then in? what do they got? They have twice against the Titans, don't they? Yeah, uh, they have the Colts and the Colts one more time, and the Titans twice. Yeah, are the Bills getting in. And the I don't know if the Bills get in. They Bills schedule the next what they have the the uh, Chiefs in two weeks. I'm going to that game. Um, then we have um, then they have the Dallas Cowboys. I think. Yeah, Chiefs uh, at Kansas City, and then home against the Cowboys at the Chargers, home against the Patriots at the Dolphins. No, I don't think they get in. No, but no. nobody wants them in either. That's what you said <laughs> earlier. Yeah. If you're if you're the force, it would be uh, which team the two would play him. You know, Jack. Yeah. If Jacksonville were the two, you don't want to play Buffalo. No. Mm-mm. They're they're a dangerous team. You'd rather play the Colts. Oh yeah. Oh gosh, yes, or, absolutely. Or the Broncos. Yes. Or the, or the Texans. Browns. Or the Colts again. Tex- or the Anybody Texans. Anybody's Bills. <laughs> I mean, keep on going down the list, Pete. I'll give you a bunch of teams you'd rather yeah. play. Anybody but the Bills. Uh, let's go around the National Football League quickly. Hit a couple of games from this weekend. Let's start with last night's game. Or, I, actually, yesterday afternoon's game. The Eagles-Bills game, speaking of. I, I was on the plane, so I saw oh, no of it. Pete, overtime. Was, the, Bill, the Bills' defense is such a shell of itself, they couldn't get off the field. I mean, you, you go ahead late in that game, you can't let them go kick a tying field goal. Then you, get, you take the lead in overtime, you can't let them go get a touchdown and win it. So bad. Josh Allen was outstanding, by the way. Best player on the field. And I, I, they missed a touchdown that would have won it. Yeah, following it on Twitter, following it on Twitter, it sounded like Josh Allen was just lighting it up. 
It was amazing. He played. It was sensational. And if Gabe Davis doesn't go the wrong way on his route, he Ooh. wins it in overtime. He got a cover zero, and he had him open, and he went the wrong way. Has he won an overtime game since they changed the rule for no. him? No, zero and six. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I someone said this, Pete. I'd love your opinion on this. That when he's at his best, Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL. Would you agree with that? I, 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 I would say it's probably as hard as anybody to defend because he can go run. You get him and he's running past you for a first down and run over you. He can do so many different things. He did that to the Eagles on Sunday. Like, like I just think about it. If you put all the top quarterbacks, and I'm not going to go through all and name them, yeah. and you said each of those at their very best, who are you taking? I'm still taking Mahomes. Mm. I probably would too. But I thought that was interesting. I read that on uh, from a national. Because well, Allen can run too. Oh, he's Allen's great. To I'm not saying it's yeah, like I'm, I'm not saying anything. He's a great player. Monday Night Football: Justin Fields and the three and eight Chicago Bears visit Minneapolis, and the six and five Minnesota Vikings, led by former Jaguars backup quarterback Josh Dobbs. Who you got tonight? I, I think it's. I think the Bears are terrible. Uh, and I think the Vikings are a fun story, and Josh Dobbs. And give Kevin O'Connell a ton of credit. He's doing a great job. They've done this all without Justin Jefferson, their best player. And uh, I think the Vikings win, Pete. I think the Vikings win, too. Uh, I think this is a defense. Brian Flores has done a great job. He's yeah. one of the best defensive coaches in the league. They were terrible on defense last year. They blitz a lot, though. Do you blitz Justin Fields and, and take those chances? I don't know. It might have to change it up a little bit tonight, but the Vikings win. There you have it. The picks are in. What was the year the Jags had Nick Foles, Josh Jobs, and Gardner Minshew on the roster? I'm trying to forget those years, uh, JP. <laughs> I like the uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Pete Briscoe, have a great week. We'll see you. All right, Pete. Take care. That's Tony Baselli. I'm JP. Yeah, two weeks. Monday Night Football next week. And uh, that'll do it for tonight. Thank you for listening to Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings.